Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetto. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my special guest today is the host of an award-winning documentary, Hip Hop Evolution. He is a Juno Award winner and my guy. He goes by the name of Shad, and if you know the history between us, you know we go way back. So I'm honored to have him back on the Come Up Show podcast to talk about his sixth studio album, a short story about a war. It's an album where he's exploring fear, conflict, and so much more. Without further ado, Shad on the Come Up Show podcast, let's go! Please introduce yourself. Yes, my name is Shad. Uh, my artist name is Shad. And uh, what do I do? Well, I rap. Uh, I've been rapping for a long time. And in the last few years, also branching out into some other things, other musical uh, explorations, other explorations of hosting shows and things like that. Um, But at the end of the day, first and foremost, I rap hip hop music. That's what I do. The creators create and let the creator be judge. I mean, too many mistakes to be grudging. Besides, all of us lost without love. So maybe some never get woke or tired of staying awake or party all night and distraught at the state of the day. But what do you make of this way that I'm walking this path that I'm on? You made a way for me. Hope that my map isn't wrong. Nowadays, my legs is weak. What if my staff isn't strong? What if it breaks? So glad to have you here, Shad, on the Come Up Show. Uh, we're in a different locations, different city, different studios. Yes. I don't know if you remember, I was, I was going to pull it up for you, but uh, the video that you and I did when you came by to CHRW mm-hmm. when you were promoting the old Prince. I don't know if you've wow. ever even seen that. I don't know if, have you ever seen that video? I don't think I've even seen that. Okay. Uh, Is that when you started? O- yeah. To, 08, 07, 08? Yeah. Uh, the Come Up Show officially started. April 2007, mm-hmm. but I was doing 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. every Wednesdays. Wow. And uh, so that was April, so end of April, meaning like university is done and and, and, yeah. and uh, summer is about to begin. And I remember uh, borrowing my dad's car, old school Buick Century, and um, going printed out a bunch of Vista print cards. I don't know if you remember Vista print because it was free. All you yeah. had to do is pay for shipping, but on the back said print it at Vista print. Go to Jim Bob Ray's because it's on Wednesday. <laughs> Jim Bob Ray's at 1 in the morning, 1.30 in the morning, pull up the Buick Century in front of the 
the bar and walk in and then distribute cards. Yo, guys, I'm on till from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. I'm your after-party music. I'm your after-party music. Did that every Wednesdays. So from the people working at Stobie's, which is the pizza store, to McDonald's, to the Unita taxi cabs, uh, to Walmart people stocking shelves at Walmart, people working graveyard shifts in factories, that became my audience every Wednesdays, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. for the summer. I love it. So after I'm like, oh, I love this radio thing, I'm going to go to Fanshawe, and then I got a better time slot, which was uh, Mondays, 1.30, 3.30 p.m., and that's when you came on, that time slot. Okay, okay. So that was it. I'm going to pull it up right now. It's like 37 seconds so long. Okay. Pull it up next to the mic. Okay. Just down here at Radio Western, big enough to come up show DJ Keto. My name is Shad, also known as Shad K. My new album, The Old Prince. You can pick it up anywhere. If you're in London, go down to HMV. Of course, go down to Grooves on Clarence. Check it out. Yes, sir. That's how we do things. And yo, we got the come up show. Oh, you should stop. We got the come up show sweaters. Wow. order to get your custom order. Get at me, personal message me. Just looks like a different era, huh? That's that is crazy. Uh, the upload uh, date on that is October 29, 2007. Wow, wow, October 29, 2007. Mm-hmm. That was right around, you know, maybe the album was out for like a couple weeks. The the newest album, the, the old Prince, the old Prince at that point. Okay, a couple of weeks. So and, uh, that's like yeah. And the description is you can cop it anywhere such as HMV and Grooves. Yes. Check out the MySpace page where you can review songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So we come from that, man. We come from that. That's some pretty good video work for 07. 2007. Right? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's going. That's going back. That's going back. Because the first one I remember is uh, when I was on tour with Classified, maybe uh, half a year after that. Yeah. And and you guys I, uh, came through. Salt Lounge. Salt Lounge. Yeah. So uh, that's the first interview I remember. But yeah. that, yeah, wow, that's going back. That was just a clip promoting your thing, but we mm-hmm. did a radio thing. There's no video part of that. But yeah, that was also a special night because I interviewed everybody and then you got like, I don't know, you got inspired. You took the mic and, and, and you wanted to interview everybody and and the camera was on you and you were like talking, uh, asking Classified and Mike Boyd and Jay Brew and DJ Ivy of like, the best voices in hip-hop. Who has the best voices in hip-hop? And everybody's like, Common. And then somebody's like, Black Top. Somebody's like, Method Man. And like, you know, you're, you took, that was, that was a classic legendary. That's also up on our YouTube channel. I remember that. And I love, you know, I love that we're, we're talking now. Yeah. You know, Come Up Show still going. You know, I just started uh, the tour for this album. Classified's been going across the country the last month or so. Mm -hmm. So that's cool, man. You know, 10, a decade plus later. A decade plus later. And uh, so thank you for coming through, man. I appreciate it. And so, uh, obviously, you have a new album out, but before we talk about the new album, their previous album, Flying Colors, which came came out over five years ago, you said when you finished that, it, like it felt like the end of something. The album felt like the end of something. Mm-hmm. What what did mm-hmm. you mean by that? Well, the easiest way to explain it would probably be, you know, if if you if you listen to the album, like I have a song on there called "Thank You," for example, that you know it's a shout out to. You know, all the people that have touched my life, touched my career. And um, it just has this feeling to it, even as I was writing those songs of like, this is the end of a story. 
I think it's the end of the story of me growing up, kind of. You know, when I think about that album and the couple of albums before that, you know, I see them in my mind and in my heart as like one story. And uh, Flying Colors felt like the end of that. It, mm. it, it felt like, you know, yes, I'll, I'll still make music. This is what I love. And it's also what I know how to do at this point. But that story is kind of finished. Yeah, but and and also since then, I think you've like fr- felt the urge or like you felt inspired to help. Yeah, I read that. What is it? What did you? What do you mean by? Yeah, inspired? it's kind of. Um, so what I mean is, yeah. so with that story, it's like, uh, um, that story started the story of all those albums. Mm-hmm. That started with me feeling the need to rap, the need to speak on my experiences and tell my stories and talk about my ideas. And then, um, and then what I felt at the end of Flying Colors was very content. Like this deep feeling of like, wow, I've gotten to say a lot, you know? I've gotten to tell a lot of my stories. And, uh, and, 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 and so I think then what I felt was like, I want to help now. Like, it's kind of hard to explain because I think I've always wanted to help through my music, but I also felt like I really want to tell my stories. Right. And now I feel like I still want to tell my stories, but I also just like, I don't know, I want to help other people have the experiences that I've had. I want to help. Mm. It's like a different it's, it's a little bit different. I wanted to help before. Now I want to help more, if that makes sense. You want to help more and maybe also help in different ways and, and help in different ways. Yeah. Contribute contribute just just however i can contribute however i can help because i don't um i don't need to tell my stories anymore i love to tell my stories mm-hmm. when i started out i needed to mm-hmm. and now that i've done that it's like i still do it because it's my my joy and my pleasure to do it but i don't need to what i really feel like i need to do is man i need to help i need to give something mm-hmm. to people well you've been telling your story and stories over how many albums like yeah from now is like this is really the sixth album i've i've made but then yeah. also i've made eps and collaborated yeah. with a lot of people yeah and you know my songs they got a lot of words in them so like I, i've yeah. said a lot of things you know said a lot of things <laughs> over over 10 plus years. years exactly so you've got and when he said it, i felt content to like mm. yes i got a lot of th- that out and now i can do it maybe in other platforms or help other people yeah, yeah and i feel like uh you know the word contribute is mm-hmm. important to me because that's what i feel mm-hmm. i am such a fan of this music this hip-hop culture i needed to contribute mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. couldn't just i am a fan but i couldn't just be passive i had to be active i had to do something in some way yeah and obviously these podcasts are not only the only ways i could be talking to artists or giving them advice that it do a lot of stuff behind the scenes but yes i i relate with you on the feeling to contribute to make a difference to help mm-hmm. i think that is uh you know the wise i think talib kwali said that are you contributing to the culture or just taking from it exactly Exactly. And I, I think especially at a certain point in your life and career, you become very concerned with, I really want to make sure I'm giving more than I'm taking away. You, know? you also want it to grow in other ways. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That's like an interesting point for me in my career to get to of like, uh, yeah, I want, to, uh, I want to grow in other ways. I want to learn again. Mm. You know, that's yeah. 
So those are other ways that people don't know has obviously been hosting Hip Hop Evolution. You've also did your do- your boy Tony Braxton. Your boy Tony Braxton. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Like, uh, when I was done Flying Colors, it's like, what? What if I wrote other kinds of songs? What mm-hmm. if I, you know, what if I use my voice in other ways? Like, let me try and do that. And uh, there's a funny, it's just a funny point in your career where, like, I kind of felt in my heart, like, that's what I got to do, knowing that I'm not as good at that as I am at rapping. But, like, I got to grow. I got to stay growing. And sometimes mm-hmm. that means you got to take a step back to go further. Mm. That makes sense. That's a, I need you to expand on that point. Yeah. You got to take a step back mm-hmm. to go further. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important point, especially in this age where we feel like we always need to move forward. or we If we don't move forward, we're not like we feel... We don't. We feel bad or something. Yeah. Take a step back to go forward. What? Do you, yeah. What is that? So okay, I'll 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 try to illustrate with the very specific example of making that album. Yeah. So, um, that album is like this this quirky like retro pop rock album, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm writing pop songs, which I can do, but I'm not. It's not like rapping where I've been doing it for a decade. I'm good at that. I'm like I know I'm good at that. I know I can do that. This is the thing. I'm like. I think I'm okay at it, but um, I need to do it to grow as an artist. I need to do it to to for music to stay interesting to me. And what I mean by going backwards is I'm not as good at that. Um, I had to take singing lessons. You know, I've, you know, I I need to learn how to sing. I never had to take rapping lessons you know I just I just did it and by doing it I got better and and so to me it's like that step back of like I'm gonna become a learner again I'm gonna become uh not great at something again in order to add to what I can do as a musician add to my vocabulary you know as an artist and and the different ways I can um contribute again you know through music so I'm not just I'm not just rapping because that's what I know how to do, mm. you know. Uh, I'm trying to grow. Was that challenging and or humbling? Humbling. You're taking singing lessons when yeah. you've been an artist for over a decade. Yeah, um, but that's good, you know. Yeah. I think that it's good, man. I think that it's good. You have to. I felt like I had to do that, especially at that point in my career. It's like I had to give myself a new challenge feel like a learner, be humbled in that sense. And like, mm. um, and then there's also a thing I believe in too when you're an artist of like taking risks. Like I feel like it's my job to take risks because people, a lot of people in their lives that aren't artists can't take as many risks as I can take. So if I can't take risks, how are they supposed to take risks? They need to be able to see someone in my position taking chances, learning, growing, doing weird, strange, new things, and then maybe they'll feel like they can too. To inspire. Yeah. Right? I, think it's a, I think that's our responsibility as artists. Uh, yes, and I, I think that's the, the real and ideal way, but also if you're not taking risk mm-hmm. and if you are staying stagnant as an artist, that could be the end of you as an artist. Yes, that can totally be the end <laughs> of you as an artist. Yeah, like, look, it reflects to everything. I think, you know, that's true for everybody in their lives but absolutely as artists you got to um 
you can't you can't stay stagnant but i also believe in it in that sense of like giving inspiration you know we we get we get a chance to do some things do interesting things and we have to take advantage of that we have to take advantage of that yeah. uh man so the host of hip hop evolution uh a peabody award yeah that was crazy Right, that was crazy. And for people that don't know, what's that? What yeah. is a Peabody Award? A Peabody Award yeah. is, um, it is basically um, the highest award you can kind of get in, you know, American or North American journalistic storytelling. But you could even say storytelling because, like, Atlanta got one, Lemonade got one, like the same year that that Hip Hop Evolution got a, a Peabody. So they've broadened it. A lot of the the Peabody Awards they go to like um, uh, news stories, kind of special investigative things, documentaries, but they've expanded it to um, to a little bit of television um, and film stuff. But essentially, it's an award for storytelling. It's like it's scrutinized very heavily. It's a prestigious award mm. yeah and and so for the people yeah obviously uh, for the people who don't know you could check that out on netflix mm-hmm. uh and uh you are interviewing and talking to all these legends forefathers of hip-hop uh obviously uh, you are already knowledgeable as a hip-hop fan but i wonder how much more you learned about hip-hop culture hip-hop yeah yo it's yeah. Cra- it's it's really crazy man yeah. um first of all you know i i all respect due to our director Darby Wheeler, mm-hmm. you know, the main writer producer Rodrigo Bascunin, um, Banger Films producers and writers researchers. They're really the ones that put the show together. It, yeah. It's my face on the thing. I host it. You know, I give all I have to it, but I definitely gotta like salute. I wanna, I wanna salute them because this is their their show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, man, what did I learn? So much. What it is, is to me, what I've learned is I knew hip hop. I know hip hop. But this was up close, like granular detail. Like, oh, okay. So actually, hip hop music is, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it except for like up close. I learned that hip hop is, well, it's New York culture. It's New York culture. Mm -hmm. We think about it like this is American music. It is an American art form. But it's New York culture. You talk to certain people from the Bronx that are 45 or 50, they know no culture but hip-hop. They don't know another culture. They grew up and, you know, walked down the street and heard people like Herc and Flash play records in a certain style. That's their first musical experience. That's what they know. Mm -hmm. That's what music is to them. That sound, the style, the energy, everything, you know, it's New York culture. So that was like... A beautiful, like, I knew that, but then you really know, you really see it up close and personal. You meet these people like KRS-One, and you're like, oh, wow, it's like that. It's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now that we've gotten to make more seasons, it's really cool to see how the music traveled to different places in these very quirky little weird ways and spawned a whole new style of music, you know. Um, so that's been super cool. Man, I, yeah, I, it's hard for me to describe really what I, how much I've learned. It's crazy mm. how much I've learned. Uh, so when you finish Flying Colors, mm-hmm. you already had a vision for the next album, for this album. Like, yes. You, you had a story. I had a story, exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, 
Towards the end of Making Flying Colors is where the story that is at the center of this new album, that's when it popped into my mind. And I, I didn't think it would stay with me as long as it has, but I think what happened is our world became what it is now in terms of all the tensions and all of the problems. And that vision, that story that popped into my head like five years ago just started to become more and more literal. Hmm. You know, it started out fiction and it started to become more and more um, a reflection of our world. Of a reflection of our world. And there's a lot of fear in our world right now. And I think the main thing you're exploring, exploring with this album is fear. Yep. And in what aspect, though? Man, yeah. every aspect. Yeah. So um, the main thing, you know, for me with fear in this album that I want to explore is on the very personal level. So there's political undertones, overtones to the album, um, but really, mm -hmm. to me, the album is about fear on the very personal level. I think we walk around with a lot of fear every day. I think when we walk down the street and we catch eyes with a stranger, we feel fear. When we wake up in the morning and we think about everything we need to do and how crazy busy our world is and all the responsibilities we have, we feel fear. I think we move with a lot of fear, and I think that that fear affects how we live. It affects how we approach other people. It affects how we treat other people. It affects how we make decisions um, about our work about our finances about our relationships about our politics fear mm. i think if we took a closer look at that fear the other thing that i the really so really at bottom what i want to explore with the fear is i think if we took a closer look at that fear we would see that a lot of it a lot of what we're afraid of is an illusion it's not actually a real thing a real threat so I wonder what could happen if we could pause and look at that fear and see through it and see that it's not real. Um, a lot of it is not real. Some of it is real, but a lot of it is not real. But it gets us acting crazy. It's, it's, it, 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 it's kind of crazy, actually, of how it's in every element of our life. Yeah. Even if, you know... Uh, when I was 14, 15 years old, I yeah. wanted to be in radio. My yeah. parents are like, why? Why are you going into radio? Go do something more traditional or whatever, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. they, had, they want the best for me, but there's obviously a little bit of fear there naturally, yeah. but I didn't listen and I kept going through. But that's out of love, yeah. right? That's yeah. from a young kid. Yeah. Like my life could have been affected in so many different ways, and that pressure is real, especially as immigrants. Mm -hmm. But that's in all different levels, and I'm trying to think of like, wow, your fear is. It, it could also be subconscious or unconscious. That's it. That's it. And that's what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. Like so much of it is unconscious, and so we don't really investigate it. Now, if we were to investigate it, we go, oh, actually, it's not. The, like a lot of times, we go, actually, I don't need to be so worried. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, it's it, it's unconscious. Like taking your example, your parents, you know, my parents, you know, same thing, right? Like we want to make sure our kid can eat. Um, we're scared. Okay, but if you take a step back for a second, it's like, mom, what do you think? I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to starve myself, right? Like we live in a country with a lot of opportunities and 
you know, if if plan A doesn't work out, there's also plan B, C, D, E, and F through Z. That's a great thing about Canada. Where we come from, there's not option yeah. B through Z. Yeah. So that's where they're coming from. Yeah. But if they stopped and looked at the thing they're so afraid of, they'd be like, oh, actually, I should, I should tell this kid to, you know? Go for it. To go for it because... Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, yeah, that's an example that kind of illustrates the thing I'm talking about. But it's in the back of their mind because of how they grew up. Mm. Yeah. On what elements, what, on what aspect did you have to deal with it personally? Yeah. Oh, man. Like, to me, it's, uh, it's a daily thing. So I can give an example of just waking up today. You know, I wake up. It's Monday. Uh, you know, I've been kind of laying low with my family over the weekend, so I haven't been doing, like, all my work. Okay, so what else? So I'm thinking of all the things I'm trying to plan. You know, okay, I got these shows coming up. When can I plan a rehearsal? Uh, um, I got this art show I'm trying to put together. Uh, I got to meet uh, with a curator about that. Um, uh, also, I haven't posted to my social media in a couple days. Like, I, I got to figure out something to do for that. Uh, meanwhile, I'm worrying about all this time is, like, going by. But what am I really afraid of? It's like, okay, okay, okay calm down. Calm down. Figure out what you need to do. So that's, like, a, a bit of a mundane example. But it's still real. You know what I mean? Because, because then my wife walks into the room, and how am I going to behave to my wife if I'm feeling all this anxiety and fear? It's like, am I going to be as kind and compassionate towards her as I want to be? Well, no, mm -hmm. because I'm in, I'm in fight or flight mode. So that's like a small mundane example from my own life, but you know, it, it illustrates the, the, the thing, the point, which is like fear, we carry a lot of fear with us. It affects how we treat each other. You, you blow that up um, to a bigger level and you get into politics and exactly where we at are at with a lot of our political conflict and military conflict. Like it, it all, I feel like, starts with that same nugget of fear. Mm. That makes and and uh, and a lot of it is irrational fear. Mm -hmm. And because there is a lot of fear, a lot of like uh, a lot of fear in the air. Mm -hmm. You wanted to make an album that was a feel good <laughs> album. Mm. Hey guys, everything is gonna be okay. But this album that you made was the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. I want it. Yeah, man. Cause you know me, I love I love making people feel good, and I love. Um, Man, I love putting that that energy into my music. Like I love I love that, man. Like that's been a big part of my career. Mm. And so, yeah, man, like that's the thing I wanted to do. I looked at the climate, I looked at the way things are going. I'm like, nah, I want to I don't even want I don't even want to go there. I won't even say the Trump. I don't want to say the T word. Mm -hmm. I just want to make people feel good. But uh and I made a lot of songs in that vein, but they didn't, they didn't have this feeling that my songs, I, I, I need my songs to have, which is this feeling of like, uh, I don't know, soul. Like they have to feel like they come from somewhere real. And they just didn't quite have that feeling. It's like I was chasing a, a, a feeling and I wasn't, it wasn't there. And then I was making these songs to this concept and they all felt really real and good. Mm. So. And we can sense that as human beings and mm -hmm. as listeners, can we not? I think so. Yeah. I think so. That's why I was like, I can't yeah. go there because it doesn't yeah. feel like anything. There's no soul to it. Yeah. Well, was it Nina Simone who said an artist is supposed to reflect the times of like what is 
happening, what's going on. That's it. Because we're going through a unique time, and who knows if you're going to make another album like this again or exactly. not. This opportunity. And we can know. Like, when we look back on this five years, ten years from now, we know by listening to Shad what was happening in that time and anybody else That's during it. that time. And and uh, I think I think this is one of the best albums that you've made. Thanks, man. I appreciate I that. Really th- I, I appreciate really think that. that's... Yo, the skit. <laughs> Were you that? You singing in this? I was like, yo, who is the singer? Yeah. What's a song yeah. about war? Is that it? Is? Yeah, that it is? I think it's called Sniper Interlude. Sniper Interlude. That's, that's you? Me. That's me. Bro. So again, that's that moving back to move forward thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I had to... Uh... Yeah. Sniper Interlude. Yeah. That was me. you. That's me. That was you. That's me. And that was through the work of your boy Tony Braxton. Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, just getting more confidence, getting yeah. some more skills together as far as... Uh, which is also timely because that's yeah. what people... That's, that's the sound right that's now. That's it. That's it. It's, it works. It works. It works. It works. <laughs> it works. Exactly. Uh, you also said this album, like all of my work, is an attempt to find and share hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To find and share hope. That's, that's what it, you're trying man. to do in everything. That's in it, every man. Album. That's it. I'm trying to help. Um, I'm trying to help myself and other people keep going. That's it. I want to help myself and I want to help other people keep going. Because mm. uh, it's not easy, man. Life is not easy. Only thing that's promised is suffering. Nothing else is promised. But uh, with each other and with mm. gratitude and mm. with a little music, we can keep going. Because all you need to do is make it through the day. That's it. Just today. That's it. And if that song, this yeah. album can help me make through this day or the next day, but just one day at a time, yeah. you've accomplished the job. That's it. Yeah. You know, I think uh, one thing I like to think is that people can hear in my music is I think people can hear me trying. Mm-hmm. I feel like my music is like the sound of someone trying. And if you're out there also trying mm-hmm. in your life, then I think that. It's like we bump heads, you know, when you listen to my music. It's like, okay, word. This guy's trying to. He's trying to um, He's trying to say something. He's trying to do something. He's trying to give something. And if you're trying to do that in your life, I feel like there's a level of, like, connection and inspiration that can go back and forth. Hmm. Yes, because you motivate me. I think so. It's like it's like we're, we're in this together. I feel like if you're that kind of person, I, I hope... And I think that if you hear my music, you feel like we're shoulder to shoulder. You know what I mean? Like we're we're both in this together. You talked about uh, your legacy. Your legacy is gonna get judged in whatever way it'll be judged, and mm-hmm. I'm open to that. I find that really interesting. Uh, your legacy is gonna be judged in whatever way it'll be judged. Mm-hmm. So you're you're thinking about legacy. You're thinking about what am I leaving behind? You're, yeah, I think so. You know, I think when I. When I talk about legacy there, what I think I'm talking about is uh, how will people think about me, my reputation, I guess. And I think what I'm saying is that will be judged however it's judged. I think that's a little that's outside of my control. Mm-hmm. What I have to concern myself with is like just trying to offer people something and not worry about how I'll be remembered. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I mean. Yeah, because what you produce, no. the, what you create, what you put out, out yeah. there in the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, who knows how 
that will be remembered. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you like that can change. That can change for any number of reasons. So yeah. so really I think what I mean with that quote is is I'm trying not to think about that. I'm trying not to think about how I'll be remembered. I'm trying to think about just what can I offer right now? What can I offer right now? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I've actually been thinking that way of mm. what can I offer the world right now and mm. especially you know, when our legends are passing, all the yeah. legends that passed away in the past few years, what do we do? We go to their body of work and we remember them and then all these feelings and emotions come by. And I've been thinking like, what is my body of work? Mm. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't control the perception, as you yeah. said, yeah. but what am I leaving behind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Where, where, where are you at? What do you think? I've done over 500 interviews over 11 years. It's crazy, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Right? Yeah. So that's one. I don't know. We'll see yeah. what else happens. Yeah. But, like, I feel like um, I hope that I'm helping people yeah. through these conversations. And I think, I can't I do think you've been documenting something. Yeah. You know? I think you've been documenting something. Mm. Even just, you know, you showed that, that footage uh, from 07, fall 07. You know? You've been documenting that. That's a whole, That's a whole world. If you go back to that time... You know, what was there documenting uh, documenting the scene of kids that loved hip-hop in 07? Mm. Was there anything? I don't know. Not a lot. Especially where we're, where, we from, where we're from? Yeah. Not really. Yeah. You know? So that's like, I think that's dope, man. That's a documentation of like, you know, the mm. scene. Hmm. The truth is bulletproof. You've been in, ending your statements with that. The mm -hmm. truth is bulletproof. Mm -hmm. Is it bulletproof, man? Because that yeah. T guy is kind of like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, yeah. there's... Are we living in a post-truth world? I'm uh, like, what? Yeah. What's going on, man? That's interesting, right? That's interesting, right? Uh, yeah, like, will we be telling our kids, like, yeah, yo, there used to be this thing called the truth. <laughs> Will we be telling them that? Like, yeah, like actually, there used to be this thing called the truth, and uh, everyone just kind of agreed on it. And if you had an argument, everyone had to submit to that thing. That was, you know, mm. that's where it sort of ended. Mm. Maybe, but I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe that, man. I believe the truth is bulletproof. I believe if you kind of, I don't know. I think it wins in the end, man. That's what I think. It wins in the end. I think it wins in the end. But these guys like Trump, they're interesting. They're interesting. They're slippery as hell. Yeah, because you know what I, I've assumed? I assumed that by 2018 and beyond, of how smart that we are, how much history that we have, we're not going to go back to the old ways of the way the world used to be. I'm like, guys, no, we've, we've, yeah. we've seen that. We learned that. We're not going there. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm assuming the good in everybody, like, we're not going back there, right? Yeah. But like, no, we can. Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. It's possible. It is. Anything is possible. Anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah, man. We, we, got, we, um, we started to believe our own hype almost when it comes to, like, progress and technology. Like, things are just going to get better and better. It's like you have more information yeah. You have more information, of course. It's like, yeah, it's more liberating or whatever, but it's not necessarily true. We've grown in terms of our information, but we haven't grown in our capacity to use that information in a way that's right, you know, that's really right, mm. it's like morally right. 
we haven't that hasn't grown we just have more information i've been hearing about like people don't listen to information they listen to stories hmm like information mm-hmm. doesn't move people stories move people that's true and that's what that t guy has been doing a good job of telling stories in a way very smart. Yeah. that get people to be scared and to do whatever he wants them to do that's right well yeah. that's that's the classic um salesman thing and i don't mean salesman and that's not a bad word some people just they have that ability it's a good thing it's a storyteller thing um and what he's really keen to keyed into is the fact that yeah like people want to believe a good story from a great storyteller they want to believe it so whether or not that story is true you know or not is a little bit besides the point so it's really like the ethical, moral responsibility of someone who is a good storyteller, whether that's him or whether that's an artist, to try and tell mm. good stories. That's like, that's on you, bro, because people are going to believe you. People are going to follow you. Because you're right. They respond to, we respond to stories. We're hardwired to do that. Mm. You're going back on tour? Going back on a- tour. All, all across. How does it feel, man? This... Yo, it feel, yeah. uh, feels really good. Like, yeah. we played the first two shows uh, yeah. last week, yeah. and those are my first club shows in a long time, you know, because yeah. yeah. um, I've been busy doing other things. So uh, these were the first times I've played, like, I've played one-off, like, festivals and stuff, but I haven't been in the club with my supporters up close and personal doing what I do. So this, it was really nice to break the ice this past week and really remember what that feels like remember how to do that and uh so i'm excited to just do that now mm. and we're excited to see on on, on the road chat thank you man is there anything else you want to leave the people with yo yeah. um what else do i want to leave the people with um the album is out ladies and gentlemen. yeah yeah the album is out and all that maybe uh, which is that. which is great but yeah. uh I really feel like with this, this album's kind of a special project. It's like unique uh, in the sense that it really was inspired by this story and it kind of consists of songs that are inspired by this story and, and try to make that story come to life. So if you even just listen to this conversation, I think that that's great. Mm. If, if someone never gets a chance to get around to going on Spotify or Apple or whatever and checking it out, um, but they just hear this conversation we had about fear... I actually feel pretty pretty good about that, you know. So, mm. um, so yeah. Shout out everyone listening. Uh, shout out Come Up Show for continuing to document. Thank you, and thank you for being a part of it, man, and a part of our story. The album, a short story about a war by Shad, is out. What number is this now? Six. Number six. Yeah. Six, like. Full studio album. Full six full studio albums. Yo, yeah. that's also another amazing thing. No. Thank you. Right? Yeah. No, it's crazy. Not everybody gets that opportunity. No, no. Feel blessed. Shad on the Come Up Show. Thank you, my guy. Yo, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Shad on the Come Up Show podcast. You got some value out of that. If you want to check out the evolution of our interviews, I'll include the links in the description. The Come Up Show podcast is available everywhere you get your podcasts each and every Wednesday. If it's your first time tuning in, check out our previous catalog, subscribe, tell a friend, and I'll catch you on next Wednesday. Peace. (laughs) 